On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, repping their cities, Calgary and Edmonton baseball fans are rocking throwback threads thanks to Sea of Dead and Ross Flats Apparel. Welcome to episode 95 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's been tough not being able to talk about live baseball over the last couple of months, and watching the MLB situation unfold has been frustrating to say the very least. However, it has provided an opportunity for us to go back into the history books and talk about the days of affiliated baseball in Alberta. For some fans, they've taken it a step further by seeking out caps and shirts of their favorite teams of yesteryear. For this episode, we thought we'd get the inside scoop behind a couple of brands that have emerged out of the ashes of the Calgary Cannons and Edmonton Trappers. We'll start things off with Sea of Dead founders John Anderson and Garrett Crump. What started as a way to remember the likes of Danny Tartable, Edgar Martinez and Brett Boone has turned into something much more in Calgary, leading to plenty of smiles and memories of days gone by. Jens, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, this is this is my first podcast I've been on, so pretty exciting day. Take us back in time and give us a little bit of the backstory behind Sea of Dead. Um, so Garrett and I have been friends since middle school, and we've kind of kept in touch over the years. And um, really, what happened is we just kind of shared through our conversations and probably a few beers, uh, our interest in baseball and then our memories of the cannons and whatnot. So um, we got to basically looking online for cannons memorabilia and found it was really hard to find. So we kind of figured it out and we reached out to a few people and obviously we saw Ross Flats up in Edmonton and what they were doing and they really laid the groundwork for us and kind of uh, provided a blueprint for us for how to how to uh, kind of begin by making our own stuff if we couldn't find any online. Was it a pretty simple process in the early going to kind of get things going, get the ideas flowing or did it take a little bit of work? Um, well, Garrett can speak to that. Garrett is really our, our kind of logistics and numbers guy. Um, but no, it wasn't simple in the beginning. Uh, it was a lot of trial and error and we had to uh, kind of find the right fit, um, to basically produce high quality stuff cost efficiently. That was probably our biggest challenge. Wouldn't you say Garrett? Oh yeah. I think like just kind of naive, being a little naive at first where we thought, you know, we'll just get some logos. We'll throw it on some stuff and then start selling it. Uh, and then we start going down the rabbit hole a bit further and, and understanding that there's different quality in terms of shirts. And, you know, we're going to have to figure out pricing and we're actually going to have to figure out how, I don't know, we deliver this stuff to people who buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it turned into a little more complicated than we thought, but it was uh, it, it was just so much fun to, to keep working on it and, and growing it and, um, figuring out these problems as they, they kind of started coming up. Were you surprised at all by the uptake? I mean, there was a lot of excitement around reinvigorating not only the Canons brand, but some of the other brands that you've been able to bring back from the dead. Um, I would say we weren't necessarily surprised because Garrett and I have uh, very diehard memories of it. And uh, if it was, it was something we were interested in. So if like, 
if anything, actually, it took a little bit longer to kind of get our name out than we thought it would. Uh, AB Dugout Stories, of course, has been very supportive and a wonderful platform for us in the beginning. Um, so we're a year into it now, and we're kind of feeling like now people just sort of know who we are. But we really... Uh, we had to work at it for a while to make sure people knew and just to get that exposure. It, it took a little bit longer, actually, to be perfectly honest, than we kind of expected. We knew that the fans were, were out there and, and you know, we, we understood that people had, you know, these great memories of going to the park and enjoying the baseball and, and everything else. But it was just, yeah, John said a little, little tougher to um to kind of get that message out there and, and reach those people that had wanted to buy the uh, the merchandise. Speaking of memories, I'd love for both of you guys to give some of your favorites from Foothill Stadium or any other places that you might have seen some baseball here in this province. Um. Well, mine has been told uh, quite a few times. Uh, I used to go to games regularly. My grandparents were season ticket holders to the Cannons throughout the early 90s um but my favorite memory is uh i actually got to be a part of their um season promotion uh so in 1992 my dad was uh taking me to batting practice and um they uh decided to take my photo with a player and then uh the following year uh, my mom was in a turbo gas station and uh, they had all the Canon's brochures and marketing packages for the year, posters and whatnot. And it was me sitting on uh, on this player's lap. Um, and Mark Steven actually told me who the player was years ago. And unfortunately, it wasn't A-Rod or anybody that went on to greatness. But um, that's uh, my favorite memory of uh, spending time down at this at the stadium. Yeah, uh, I guess for me, one that always just kind of pops out is I had, uh, or I have, uh, an uncle, Uncle Larry, who's just, you know, the biggest baseball fan in our family. I used to take myself, my brother, and our cousins to the games all the time. And, you know, at some of them, we used to be able to talk to, to some of the employees. And uh, if we were, if we returned the balls from the foul balls, they would pay us a quarter. So you'd have like six to ten of these kids just ripping around, fighting over these loose foul balls, just return them to try and save up a couple of quarters, and then of course go blow it on on popping hot dogs and never walk away from the stadium with a cent. But I mean, you know, just just I think overall for me, it's just it was such a great family experience, and uh, yeah, it really brought a lot of uh, great memories of my uncle and cousins for sure. Do you guys have any favorite players that suited up in Cannons jerseys over the years? I mean, we we get asked that a lot, Hagert. Hey, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the easy answer is I, I, I would uh, probably go with Boone. Um, but I honestly, I don't feel comfortable picking a favorite player because <laughs> for me, the Cannons was more about a memory and an experience. And I mean, any any Cannon that went on to play in the majors, whether they made an impact or not, was, you know, kind of your guy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's too tough. I don't know. That's just me. But yeah. Yeah, for me, it was kind of tough because, you know, I was pretty young going to uh, going to the game. So you know, the the individual players and knowing the names and all that wasn't really 
wasn't really my thing, but, you know, just being able to enjoy the sport and it kind of drove me to want to actually, you know, play baseball and, and, you know, get involved in it personally. So I think that was more, more what I took out of it, um, in, in remembering for sure. And I know that this is a baseball podcast, but at the same time, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about some of the other brands you've been able to bring back from the dead, so to speak. I mean, the Rads are back and the 88s are back. I mean, these are brands that a lot of people didn't even know existed at the time. So what's it been like being able to provide some some other sports along the ride as well? Well, cannons for sure is our bread and butter, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's definitely where we started. But um, we knew early on when we started researching what it was going to be like to go down this rabbit hole. We thought it would be really unique to be able to provide sort of a platform where you could kind of really show and relive all these other memories. So yeah, now we have the 88s, we have boomers stuff, we have rad stuff, um, Cecil hotel. um, We have a Lloyd's roller rink shirt coming out um it, it's it's been a really unique experience and fun to hear everybody's stories but for sure cannons are our bread and butter we almost feel like cannons uh is what gets people to our door and then once they're in they can look at everything else yeah i think you know the initial order is always like the blue and red cannon snapback right john and then yeah there they're like, oh, these guys actually make some quality stuff. Let me go through their other items, and then we get some some multi-item uh, orders. But yeah, I mean, for me, like even you know, learning about the boomers and and was somewhat aware of the '88s, but not nearly to the point that I am now. Has been such an awesome journey, just understanding the history of various sports in Calgary. I would say it's probably worth noting, and I do understand this is a baseball podcast, but the 88s is probably our second most vocal support group. I would say those that remember the 88s seem to really remember it. Uh, Like I said, Cannons is probably our primary target audience, but um, the 88s supporters and fans and those that remember it seem to really remember it, and they're constantly asking for more. What's it like having those conversations with fans who want to wax a little nostalgic or even the younger fans who may have been kind of in your boat? They were just kids when the cannons were through and all of a sudden it's bringing up all these memories. It's got to be pretty special. Oh, it's it's been so cool, to be honest with you. I mean, even somebody like Pat Steinberg has been very vocal with us and we're super appreciative for his support. And he's been like, very uh, vocal about his memories of it working at the cannons and whatnot. So um, it's been a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Every time we post somebody, somebody, we always connect with somebody who says, oh, I, I worked with the cannons and the Parker group for whatever years in, in the 90s. And I, I was a ball boy or I worked at concessions and whatnot. So it's been really unique and it's been a lot of fun to kind of get to know these people through their stories and their memories. Yeah, I love the, um, you know, like the old old treasures that they start pulling out, like the old, old programs or, you know, the old shirts or jackets or, you know, anything that old memorabilia that they have and posting it up on their socials. And it's really awesome. We just, see that interaction where it's stuff we probably haven't thought about for who knows how many years and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I think I've got 
I've got some interesting stories to tell about those, you know, the cannons and, and how I was involved. That's got to be kind of an interesting side note in all of this. Is you mentioned rabbit holes earlier on. I'd imagine by seeing some of the stories, that probably leads you down. Hey, I wonder if we could do pins or whatever the case may be down the road as well. Yeah, totally. We have we have those conversations all the time. Pins, stickers. What else can we kind of do right now? It's it's basically uh, pretty expensive <laughs> to <laughs> to. Um, operate something like this and with integrity and quality so right now we kind of have to focus on t-shirts um with some hats but we're always looking uh, i should really mention that we are a three-man band uh we met our designer his name is ryan uh through twitter actually diehard cannons fan and he's about 10 years older than us so he's really sort of our memory guy but he's been outstanding to work with and has been a huge help throughout this process. He handles all the designs and whatnot for us, and he really makes sure the stuff is on point. And then when we're looking at samples and mock-ups of future products, he's 100% the guy responsible for that. So he's always working hard. Oh, yeah. The first time we were trying to, to get an order in, and the uh, the manufacturer asked us for vector images, and John and I just kind of stared at each other like, "What? What? You mean like a JPEG?" Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, final question for you guys: Where do you see this going? Where would you love to see this go? Well, I mean, I think you'd be crazy if you didn't say you'd love to see it go where you could almost have like a storefront shop, and every day Garrett and I clock in, and you know deal with customers on a daily basis and the harder hustle and bustle of Calgary. But as of right now, it's a bit of a pet project and something that we do really out of a labor of love. So um, we're just kind of taking slow steps. We're a year into this now and we're just trying to get more products and uh, be able to sort of reach a larger audience. But I, I, I would say, yeah, the end goal, like, it would be a dream to, to have your own see a dead shop that somebody could walk into and browse and peruse and tell their friends to head down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, John, I've done a couple like pop-ups uh, initially in the, in the early days and being able to interact one-on-one with the fans in person and, and just chat. So having that storefront would be awesome to do that on a, on a re- more regular basis. Um, but yeah, just you know, step by step, I think growing and, and understanding sort of which areas are kind of selling the best and, and which sports may be designed. There are some really great things to be seen at seaofdead.ca. Gents, thanks again for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, oh, thanks thank so much you. for having us. We head up to the provincial capital now to check in with Reed Clark. The man behind Ross Flats Apparel didn't actually start with Trapper's Gear to remember players like Devon White, Wally Joyner, and Jason Giambi. He went way back in time to the 1909 Edmonton Grays and has expanded to much more in what was originally a project for his post-secondary education. Reed, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Great, thanks for having me. Give us a little bit of a history lesson on the origins of Ross Flats. Yeah, how it all started was um, I was actually doing my MBA and I was, I was doing that online uh, while I was still working. And one of the classes I took was an entrepreneurial class. And uh, the assignment was, you know, something's passionate to you. Come up with an idea 
uh, and then build the business plan for that and kind of see it all the way through and then kind of look at it at the end and say, is this something you should move forward with or not? Um, so really, I mean, I've always been into history and vintage sports uh, for as long as I can remember. I saw there's a few people in the U.S. that was doing you know, something something there to kind of bring back heritage, whether it's Ebbett Field flannels or it's homage. Um, so I kind of thought, well, you know, no one's really doing that in Canada, especially Western Canada, and nobody really in Edmonton is in Alberta. So um, I kind of looked at, well, maybe, you know, there's a market here. So came up with concept to um, to really just, you know, look at some of these vintage logos and teams uh, and then kind of just really start looking at the history books and the archives and do some digging online. And, uh, and then I found out that, you know, they've been playing baseball in, in Edmonton, the same area for over 120 years now. Um, and I kind of re- researched that. And everyone used to call like Rosdale where it is now, where the, where the TELUS ballpark is uh, today, uh, is actually kind of, it was known as like Ross Flats. It was, it's kind of a flatland area. So everyone called it that. And there's big exhibition sites. And I think the Queen came one time and they hosted games, whether it's football or hockey or baseball, everything down there. So I'm like, yeah, that's a really cool name. So let's kind of run with that. And then let's bring back some of these, these early teams from the 1900s, the, the Empton Grays, uh, look at the Dodgers, um, and, you know, try to kind of recreate those logos and, and just make some apparel on shirts and see what people think about that. So that's, that was how the idea really came about and, and really just got, got the logos done uh, as close as possible as it could from some of the images I was able to find in the archives, um, you know, have some designers who uh, help me out with and get a site going and throw it on there and then try to push it a little bit on social media and, and go from there. So uh, yeah, that's how it started was really, really to bring back, uh, you know, a whole bunch of sports history and uh, show its people. And then from there, it just kind of evolved and grew to other teams and got later and later. Where did the interest in the history aspect come from? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've always been into history, whether it's sports or, or it's anything that, you know, I'm really a believer in, you know, if you don't know your history, you don't know where you're, uh, where you've come from and where you're going because it obviously uh, repeats itself. So I, I was always, you know, that kind of nostalgic. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big time collector. I keep, you know, every ticket I've been to for every hockey game, concert event, uh, even scrap up them do that. Cause I think it's really cool. And I want to be able to show, you know, my kids and they keep it, show their kids. Uh, so there's always kind of that going on uh, for me. And um, even now I, I love collecting defunct team stuff. I'm on a big Vancouver Grizzlies hunt right now, <laughs> finding things. Uh, so I've been tracking eBay and Kijiji big on that. And, you know, I love finding the old champion stuff and jerseys that were cool when I was growing up and now they've gone to a whole new level now. So it's, I, yeah, I don't know where it came from, but I've definitely always kind of had it. And obviously Edmonton's got quite the rich baseball history, as you alluded to, as you've gone about your, your historical lookings through your MBA and that kind of thing. Did anything really take you by surprise as you went scouring the archives? Um, well, I mean, one that yeah, they've been playing in the same area for that many years, how many teams there have been and, and how popular baseball was here, um, you know, really across all of Western Canada and maybe across the entire country in the early 1900s. Um, so it's, it's always been a big part of the game. And, and when you even see some of these, these old pictures of stadiums and the crowds packed and everyone's into it. So, you know, I know everyone like, thinks hockey is the only sport here and it's, it's a weather's and flames and that's all it is. But, um, you know, there's been passionate fans for baseball for, for a long time here. Um, and it's a big part of, 
you know, this part of the world and, and growing up and always has been and people are into it. And I think, uh, I think now they really, they still are. They're just, they're just looking for a reason to get back uh, involved. Were you a baseball fan as well growing up? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big sports fan, uh, across the board. Uh, but yeah, I've always been a big baseball fan. Uh, I'm trying to do my tours of all the MLB ballparks. So I've got my little map up and I've got, uh, 13 down, which is pretty good. And, and hopefully I'll be able to bang out a few uh, few more when baseball comes back. A lot of the memories, especially you know, from what we've started at with dugout stories, was it kind of started as, a, oh, let's throw it back to the affiliated days. But how much of your interest was sort of built off of you know, the days of the PCL, the, the trappers, you know, those kinds of memories and those kinds of days? Yeah, for, for me, I mean, that, that's what I remember is, is going to old John Ducey Ballpark in Empton with my dad going to a trappers game. Um, having a Ducey dog like that, that's, that takes me way back. So that's, that's where a lot of this came from is just, um, you know, and, and kind of just how awesome simplistic it is to go to a baseball game and, and nothing's changed in a hundred years. In a lot of degrees, you go on a great nights and you have a hot dog and a beer and you, and you talk with friends and you enjoy some of the game. And, and so I, I love that kind of has always been rooted in me. And that's, that's, I guess, probably where it came from. And, and, you know, some of the, and they start kind of, I was maybe a little too young to really remember all the players and the stats and get into it. But when you start kind of combing over those results, I mean, you, you just realize, I mean, kind of how spoiled we were to have AAA baseball in, in Edmonton and Calgary and in, in Vancouver for how many years and the guys who were rolling through and, and, and just how cool that, that was. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to make sure that wasn't lost on, on people, you know, as we get, you know, close to a decade out from that, um, or two decades out from that. Sorry. Uh, I want to make sure that's not lost on people. They realize, uh, you know, that was here and it was here for a long time and really supportive. And from a business perspective, I'm sure it provides you with a whole bunch of options as well, because the logo and the colors seem to change fairly regularly as well. Yeah. And, and that's really cool. when you look at it too, because, um, you know, for the trappers, everyone remembers them, but when you, you really look at like the 81 season and, and the old uh, red rooster baseball cards and, the red and white logos there and then kind of the back catcher one which is you know i, I claim it the 84 because i try to base it on the championship year but mm-hmm. that went on for a few years uh and then for some reason they went to the black and teal well i know why because they were the the marlins affiliate which could be too far the places uh, from each other in north america but mm-hmm. that's okay and then went with the teal which was hot in the 90s Thanks to the Grizzlies, uh, the San Jose Sharks, uh, Florida Marlins, you know, so it's, it's cool to really tie that in and, and everybody sort of resonates and jumps to a different part uh, of their childhood, right? Everyone remembers, you know, like, oh, I love that 96, 97 championship teams. I want their merch and I love that teal and, and uh, black color. And then, you know, some guys who are a bit older, love the old eighties look. Uh, and feel that and then there's even the you know 2000s kind of with a little bit of different uh, e-logo and trappers fonts writing so uh, people jump to that one too so it's, I think it's really cool do you have any favorite logos or favorite designs that you've come across that weren't trappers related yeah I really like um, one that I found I'm making is the the old Edmonton or Beverly Drake's that's from like the early 50s I really like that one uh, the Dodgers uh, from the early 1900s, into Dodgers. It's kind of, it's not like the LA Dodgers. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit thicker font. I really like that one. Um, what else? I, I mean, yeah, I, you kind of, I think you can appreciate all of them. It's just sort of, 
what you're into. But those two ones I, I thought were really cool. So going back to when you've got this MBA project and, and do you remember the moment when you went from, okay, this is an idea to, okay, maybe we should probably develop this and maybe see if we can sell a little bit of this swag. Uh, yeah, it kind of, um, it sort of just resonated when it came up with the name for us flats and, and, and it was honestly the moment when I started going back in the history and, and just, you know, Googling things and then going to the archives and seeing, um, stuff. I'm like, Holy, like there's, there's just been so, there's been champ, a lot of championship teams, um, that have played in Edmonton. And so I thought that was really cool. Uh, and kind of tying that all together, it's been the same spot. Um, I said, you know what, let, let's make it work. And then when orders start coming in, I mean, when you start getting those pings on your phone, uh, from an online order, I mean, there's no better feeling on it. And when you see that happening and then you get an email back from somebody and they're like, you know, thanks. This is so cool. This brought me back to my childhood or, you know, I remember this, um, from early days, my dad did, he's going to love this as a, as a father's day present. Um, we start getting that kind of feedback it's, and people are, they get pretty emotional about it because it's, it's taking them back to uh, a time when they're really happy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I got that, I was like, okay, hey, we're kind of on to something. And, uh, and then really just kept going from there. How gratifying is that side of it when you do get the responses or when you did initially get those first few orders and you realize, holy moly, this is actually going to happen. This is real. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great because then you realize, you know, there's people who think it's just as cool as you think it is. Right. So it's, um, there's a lot of verification in, in that and, and you, you kind of think, well, maybe people don't really care about this old history and this is going way back. Like who's going to remember this, but, um, you know, people are proud of where they're from. They're proud of their city and they and they really love their sports history as well. So, uh, it's just great to think that, you know, you're not, you're not crazy. And you're like, is anyone, anyone's going to buy a 1919 <laughs> vintage logo t-shirt. And then they, and then they do it because they think it's cool as well. So, uh, yeah, it's great. What was it like from your perspective, seeing and feeling that first shirt come off the press? Yeah. You know, until you, um, I'm big believers, you got to create something like create that. And then when you actually have the physical product in your hand, um, then you can kind of work backwards. How am I going to sell it? How am I going to market it? How am I going to put it online? All those kind of things. But it's great to be like, Hey, you know, an idea. And, and now, I mean, you can, you can get these things going. You can start a business. You can get, uh, you know, e-commerce going on a, on a website easily and, and get people to help you out with design work and everything. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's really gratifying when you actually see it on your product, and and then, you know, also when I'm when I'm around the city and, and I see somebody wearing randomly, you know, a hat that I made or a shirt, and a friend of mine points it out, or my wife does, or something. It's it's a really cool feeling, right? What's the biggest challenge been through this whole process? You know, I, th- I think really a big challenge is, is um, you know, the apparel industry in, in Canada is not it's not easy. There's not great margins there. I mean. It, nobody who's doing something like I'm doing is doing this to, to make a ton of money. It's, they're doing it because they're passionate about it and they, and they want to get out there and, and it's a nice, um, you know, they, they want to kind of share their vision of things with people, but uh, there's not, yeah, there, there's not huge money to be made in this. And there's, and there's not really a lot of Canadian companies who are, who are making things here. So you kind of got to, you know, balance that out and how do you still keep it local and keep production here and design and printing and embroidery and all that. So that probably is sourcing is, is hard on that. End. And just, you know, you start kind of learning, okay, what are the numbers I need to hit? How do I make this, you know, on different size t-shirts and color t-shirts and, and how many hats do I got to make and what makes sense, you know, for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so just figuring that out, it's just really trial and error. What's next for Ross Flats? 
Uh, yeah, good question. I mean, I, I kind of keep digging and uh, finding new things out there. I mean, there, there's a ton of sports history in the Edmonton area. I mean, um, I think I want to stay here. Uh, maybe it scales out to other markets. Uh, might be potential, but uh, I still think there's there's a lot of teams and logos and you know, we're starting to do like buildings and, and kind of even like some old ads we've seen recreating apparel based on that. Um, so I th- think there's still a lot there. You just got to, um, you got to just be looking in the right places. My final question is, what has this all meant to you to been able to, to be a part of something that is so unique and so, so special to Edmonton? Yeah, you know, it's kind of my way of, you know, just showing that uh, I'm, I'm proud of where I'm from and, and trying to give kind of something back and, and get people and more into, um, you know, really acknowledging where they're from, the sports and giving them, you know, um, maybe taking them back to a place where they remember sort of, you know, really good times and, and bringing that uh, to people. So it's, I don't know, it's been cool to be kind of part of like, you know, that kind of local movement that's been going on now for, for a little while, but kind of being part of that, that group is great to, to uh, know that whether it's guys who are bringing restaurants and bars back or other apparel or, or anything else, I mean, bringing stories back, uh, which you guys are doing is I, I think really cool. So um, I think kind of being part of that is, is probably the best part that I'm getting out of it. Absolutely. A fantastic website to go to rossflats.ca. Go get your swag today. Reed, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thanks to the gentlemen behind Sea of Dead and Ross Flats Apparel for joining us this week. And as mentioned, make sure to head to their websites to get all geared up. We'd also like to give a quick shout out to the makers of our own t-shirts, Oh My Apparel, for all they do. Make sure to head to albertadugoutstories.com if you're interested in representing ADS while you're out and about. Until next time, thanks for listening and for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.